Hey, welcome to the Resolve Podcast, episode number 25. I'm Carly Tizano, a New Year's resolution coach obsessed with all things goal setting, personal development, coaching, and of course, resolutions. One of my biggest goals is to help you reach yours. I'm here to provide the tools, support, and inspiration you need to reach your goals this year and every year, and to feel supported every day along the way. Today, we are going to be diving into a topic that I hope you will find very applicable because it is very specific to you, (laughs) or in my case, it's very specific to me, but it is examining our past self, present self, and future self, and we're actually going to be looking at our future self within a couple of different contexts, but those are things that can be very beneficial as we work towards keeping our resolutions or reaching our goals. And those versions of us have or currently do or will play a role in moving us closer towards those things or further away, as the case may be. But so let's dive in with our past self. So past self, we don't deal with too often in coaching. And I think a lot of people in general don't spend too much time thinking about their past self beyond remembering great memories from the past or when they're laying in bed at night and all of those embarrassing things that have happened to them or those arguments that should have ended differently if they'd only said that one thing are kind of running through their head. But beyond that, we don't spend too much time thinking about our past self and what they went through or what they did in order to get us to where we are today. Whether you view where you are today as a good thing or bad thing is totally up to you, um, where you're at and where you're going. But I think it can be particularly beneficial to spend time diving into that version of ourselves, who they were, what they did. And of course, it's always best and most beneficial to start out with all of the positive things that they went through and did in order to get you to where you are today. So whether that be reading a lot as a kid and that developing into a habit that you still have as an adult. I know that that's one I'm super grateful for. And I'm even more grateful because there was a period kind of late high school and early college when I did not do a lot of reading other than of course, all the reading that I was doing for classes and required reading basically. And that does play a large part, but There is so much more great reading material out there, and I'm so glad that I made time to go out and pursue that. And now I'm actually spending time just focusing on reading the stuff that I love because there is just so much incredible material out there, but there is a smaller fraction of that that I really, truly enjoy reading. Another thing you could be grateful for is going to school, graduating high school or college or after that, and just the work and effort that you put into that to make you the person you are. It could be developing hobbies or developing relationships or stopping (laughs) pursuing a hobby or ending a relationship that you could be really grateful to yourself for. And it's through recognizing those things along your path that have led you to where you are today that can be particularly helpful in analyzing your life now in light of those things and in light of where you want to go in the future. So in the example of reading more, one of those first books that I started was The Happiness Project by Gretchen Rubin, which I've shared about on the podcast before, and it totally captivated me. I was a little skeptical the first couple of pages and thinking about how selfish focusing on happiness might be or shallow or just unimportant, but I am so glad I read that book and it's still one of my favorites. I reread it pretty much every year and always love it, but I can see now, especially as a new year's resolution coach, how seeing how Gretchen Rubin transformed her life by setting goals and pursuing them, analyzing them, doing research on which ones she thought would be most beneficial to her or other people and transforming her life over the course of a year, how that ties in so closely to what I do now. And the fact that I enjoyed that so much then really (laughs) is no surprise then that I'm so enthralled by those same topics to this day. 
I didn't need to pursue a new hobby or go back to school or anything like that. Reading that book did send me way further down that category of personal development literature than I had gone up to that time, or who knows, may not have gone as deeply into that if I hadn't read that book. But so that I know, even though it's really just picking up a stack of papers and <laughs> interpreting all of that information in my mind, even though it was just such a small act, it's one that my past self took that I'm so grateful for it and that I know inevitably led me to where I am today. I can't do too much analysis of your past self for you, unfortunately. And it's not something that I even spend too much time on with clients, but it is super helpful, I think, to identify those versions of your past self, what they did, who they were, who they became, what they wanted, especially if you now are in the place or at that point in your life where you really looked up to or wanted to be in versions of your past self, which you most likely are. You most likely are moving in alignment with who you wanted to be in the past. And so you can celebrate that you are at that point that years ago or months ago, or maybe even a few days ago where you wanted to be. And that in and of itself is so deeply exciting. Something else that you can do as you look at your past self and use that to determine where you want to go in the future and how you want to shape yourself now is to look at those things that maybe you're not so proud of. Maybe something you gave up on prematurely, you wish you had pursued further. Maybe you wish you had graduated from college. That is worth taking note of, even in light of where you are today, and then deciding if maybe that's a point in your future. Maybe you haven't read a lot, but it is something you loved as a kid or something that you can see the value in and something that you want to make a greater part of your life. I don't know what it is for you. I recently read the book Regret by Daniel Pink. It is his newest book out and I <laughs> I love Daniel Pink. There are a lot of authors who do what he does in terms of taking a premise or an idea and then doing a bunch of research about it, taking a bunch of specific stories and wrapping it all together into a really tight book. And as many authors as there are who do that, there are very few who actually do it very well. And Daniel Pink is someone who I always really think knocks it out of the park. So the book was The Power of Regret, How Looking Backwards Moves Us Forward. And I've always been someone who does not have a lot of regrets or who doesn't like to view her life in terms of regrets. And he opens the book with the, the joking about the people who get the no regret tattoo and then the subset of whom then go get their no regrets tattoo removed. And he ties that into the idea of how no regrets is a nice sounding idea, but it's not actually a very practical way to live because analyzing our re regrets and reviewing them has a lot of power for our lives now and for our lives in the future. So I will say the book convinced me. I've always been someone who said I didn't have regrets and that I am super grateful for all the things in my life that have led me to where I am today, even things that at the time seemed de detrimental or <laughs> that I did not particularly want to have happen. But in light of the things that he shared in that book and reflecting upon that, even I can see how that can still be true. I can still be happy for where I am and all the things that led me here, and I can still have regrets. Both of those things can be true. But learning from our regrets and assessing them does have value for who you are now, for who you want to be in the future and the goals that you're going to set along the way to get you there. So once you have looked back at your past self, <laughs> sometimes it also helps. I'll throw this in here to give yourself this external version of you that we're kind of assessing a separate name. So it could be a nickname or it could be your full name or it could be a completely random name, but externalizing that version of yourself outside of you gives you a better sense of distance. And so you can do that analysis without it feeling like you're beating yourself up 
or you're overanalyzing yourself or anything like that. So you could do that for each version of yourself. You could have a different name if you wanted to, but either way, it can be helpful to give yourself a name, a separate name or a part of your name or your full name to help create that distance. Now, as we move on to your present self, this is probably the you that you feel most intimately connected to, or I would hope so, because right now you are sitting or standing or walking or moving or laying down and you are listening to my podcast in some way or form. And this is you, your present. This is the you that you are at this very moment. And it's not the you in the past, although that you is very connected to you. And it's not the you in the future, although that is very connected to you too. And even more so because that version of you is determined based off of the you that you become right now. So the you that you are right now can't do too much without the context of past you or future you because future you can't necessarily truly become anything in this moment because that is you becoming that person in the future because you are bridging that distance between who you are now and who you want to become. And you aren't the versions of you in the past that have led you to this present moment, but you are intimately connected in that you are the result of the choices and decisions and behaviors of that version of you. So the you in the present really has that power to do the assessment of the past and do the determination of the future. But you in the present also has more power than past you or future you because present you is the only one that can do that assessment of the past and make the intentional decisions that are going to take you where you want to go in the future. So present you is the one with all the power past you and future. You don't actively exist in any given moment outside of the perception of them from your present self and present you is where all of the growth and action comes from. So after we have looked back, we are the us in the present moment doing that assessment. And now we're going to turn forward to the future and look ahead to what lies ahead for you, what you want to lie ahead for you and the different ways we can use your future self to help you become that version of you. So your future you can be any determination of time that you want out in the present. It can be 10 years, it can be five years, it can be one year. And the first version though we're gonna look at is the short-term future you because that longer-term future you is super compelling and powerful, especially within the context of a year, I think, and New Year's resolutions and all of that. But I also like to bring to people's attention the idea of the short-term future self. This is something that people do talk about. You especially see this like when someone will prepare their coffee pot to automatically brew at six o'clock in the morning when their alarm gets off so that they can like roll out of bed, walk to the kitchen with one eye open, pour themselves their coffee, and then move on with whatever else they have to do in their morning with their coffee in hand. But they set themselves up for success. They took care of that in the past or at one time their present self did that for their future self but it was their short-term future self it's not the version of them a year from now that's really going to enjoy that benefit unless they're still using that habit it's the you from them in just a couple hours in the morning that's going to benefit and enjoy that cup of coffee as nice and as helpful as that is you can also use the short-term future self in other contexts that is also beneficial or i would argue even more beneficial <laughs> although i know some people cannot operate without their caffeine but there is so much power in the things that you can do for your future self, even in just a minute or two. So Gretchen Rubin, again, <laughs> I think this is even in the happiness project, but she talks about uh, the one minute rule. And so she says that anything you can do in less than a minute, you should do right away. That is something that I've taken to heart. I wouldn't necessarily say from her or from that book. It's something that I think I've always tried to practice and do. 
And it's the idea of when you come in, even hanging it on a hook, if that's not where it's supposed to go, to actually take the time to open the door and put it on the hanger and close the door. Because that in and of itself is gonna take less than a minute. It'll maybe take about 30 seconds. But instead, if you don't do that, then you're going to either have to do it later or you're going to be annoyed by that coat every time you walk past it on the chair or on the hook when you know it's supposed to be in the closet. And of course, some people choose to keep their coat on a hook or a chair. And if that's what you've intentionally chosen, then just take the time to put it there and you're still following the one minute rule. Another common one that I know in my house growing up was shoes and tripping over the shoes that did not get put away, even though putting them away would have been in line with the one minute rule. So that's another example of how you can use the one minute rule. And it's super helpful. I would say, that even though I don't necessarily think in terms of the one minute rule, that is something that can completely transform your life. It's something that can take your house from being super messy to being unbelievably tidy most of the time if you just follow that. And of course, if you have little kids, this does not necessarily apply to you because I know as soon as you turn around in one minute, your house can be a complete disaster, even if it took an hour to put it back that way or 10. (laughs) But For those of us who don't have little kids, just putting your toothbrush back in the drawer or taking the time to wipe off the counter. I know it takes me less than 60 seconds to wipe off my counter and my house feels so much more clean and tidy and put together when I do it. And so when I wake up in the morning and everything is fresh and clean, that is such a great feeling. But sometimes the things that we have to do don't just fall into the one minute category. Sometimes they fall into the five minute category. That could be responding to an email or putting that thing by the door that you need to remember to take tomorrow. Or it could be placing an order for something online that you know you need to get and that has been on your to-do list for forever. Or it could be calling a friend or family member to wish them happy birthday or just say hi. Those things probably are gonna take a little bit longer than a minute. They might not, (laughs) I don't know. But even just looking out for your short-term future self in the context of those things is so incredibly valuable because they're tasks that are either going to continue to weigh on your mind or continue to languish on your to-do list if they don't get done. And if they don't get done, then it's something that you are still gonna have to be thinking about. It's still gonna be circling in your mind. And if it continues to not be done, probably something you're going to be annoyed with yourself over or beat yourself up over or something to that effect. Pretty much everyone I've ever met is someone who wants to do the things that they say they're gonna do. And pretty much everyone I've ever met wants to be someone who has a tidy house and puts things away and checks things off their to-do list. I've never met someone who wants to live in a messy house and have a long to-do list. So I would venture a guess to say that they don't exist or if they do exist, they're probably not listening to this podcast right now. So I think it's safe to assume that you as my listener wants to be someone who does the things that they say they're going to do and doing things within the context of the one minute or the five minute tasks that need to get done anyway is such a powerful way for you to practice that. I heard recently on a podcast, the Life Coach School podcast, Brooke Castillo was talking and she was quoting someone else that she talked to or something she read. I don't remember who she was talking about, but she mentioned a quote and I'm definitely gonna be paraphrasing here because I really remember exactly what she said. I was driving and I was super tempted to pull over and write it down, but I didn't. But what she said was along the lines of the quality of your life is going to be determined by how well you obey yourself. And I think that's such a powerful quote because in order to have become the person that we wanted to in the past or to become the person that we want to be in the future, we have had to or will have to obey ourselves. We have to do the things that are going to move us closer in line with that version of ourself. And so we're gonna have to obey the things that we know we have to do in order to get there. (laughs) Of course, obeying does tend to sound very external as opposed to 
just doing these things you say you're going to do for yourself like that to me that sounds much more internal as opposed to obeying that sounds like it's something external but for some people that is part of the power having that external source is part of the power of using this future self idea some people need external accountability in some form and sometimes that can come in the form of a book club or an accountability partner or an app but for other people, they can just use this idea of your future self, whether in the long term or the short term, in order to get closer to that version of themselves that they want to be and to provide the support that they need in order to actually follow through. Feeling like they have that something outside of themselves that they need to live up to can be super helpful in order <laughs> for them to actually follow through and get that thing done. So whether you need the external accountability or not, it is incredibly powerful to determine what you need or what you want in the short term or the long term and then begin to switch from the short term you can of course extend that timeline and in my mind there's no point at which the short term flips over to the long term like is it stuff you do for yourself before tomorrow or a week from now or a month from now i would definitely say by the time you get to a year from now though you're probably in long-term future self so that is at least to my mind within the idea of your long-term future self that is the version of you you are setting resolutions for or setting those setting goals for on that year scale if you don't choose to call them resolutions and of course you can do it at any longer period of time that you want to but we're going to stay within the context of a year because of course that is my zone of genius <laughs> So within that year, you are using that exact same principle of whether you want to become a person who listens to themselves, like you say you're gonna put the coat in the closet and so you do, and you say you want to write a book and so you do, that is just the exact same principle of becoming that person you wanna be on a larger scale, but it doesn't just have to be within the context of merely doing the thing you say you're gonna do. You could want to write a book to develop your writing skill if that was something that you wanted to do and a skill that you would hope your future self has come to have. Or it could be to connect with other writers. It could be to learn more about a topic. It could be to share your knowledge that you already have about a topic with the world. There are any number of reasons that you could write a book, but determining what your reason is and setting your goal based off of that helps you determine that version of future you that you want to become. It's not just the things that you want to do, it's about the version of yourself that you want to be and to become all along the way. So I hope this analysis has been helpful. It is a super interesting tool, I think, to use your passing, present, and future self, especially as you kind of like slide along the continuum of life to determine the person that you have become from everything you've gone through in the past, and then to use that to determine that person that you want to become in the future, not just the specific goals it's gonna to take to get there, whether that's becoming well-read or becoming a published author or becoming someone with a closer relationship with friends and family or someone who exercises, and then of course, even further downstream than that, becoming the person who does listen to themselves or does do the things they say they're gonna do or does obey themselves or does follow through or does show up for other people or who does show up for themselves. Like all of those things are even further downstream to the actual characteristics of the person that you hope to become. So you can take it to any degree that you want to. I think that all of them are helpful and beneficial, but I would encourage you to resolve to Think through this exercise at least from your present self, look to your past self, look to your future self, and do the assessment both directions of who you've become as a result of what occurred in the past and who you want to become as a result of the things that you want to make happen in the future. I hope that that is a helpful and interesting exercise to you. It's something that I use to think about my life on a pretty regular basis. And it's so interesting to see, especially as 
if your future determination of who you want to be or the direction that you want to head changes, even just a little bit, how you can look back differently and pull different things or experiences or even pull those out differently that are so much more in line with the present you you have become in line with that new future that you are beginning to imagine. And to me, that is just so, so exciting. To think of yourself that way, to conceptualize the becoming of yourself all throughout your life from that perspective, because it really puts you in the driver's seat. And even though you may have regrets <laughs> about the past, even though you may have some regrets about the future, that despite all of that, you can still be moving and doing exactly what you want all along the way as you become you, more you, more of the you that you want to be. So that is our resolve two for today. And what I have been reading, I've been reading over the last couple of weeks, Dead Center, Behind the Scenes at the World's Largest Medical Examiner's Office. It has been a very interesting look at an industry that I did not know that much about. It had a lot of discussion around 9-11 and what the identification efforts and recovery and rescue efforts looked like. And I think that the author, I think it's Shia Rabowski is how you say it, has a very interesting perspective, definitely as someone who is inside all of that and played a key role, at least at the Office of the Medical Examiner in New York City. It's definitely an interesting topic and one that I did not know very much about before I started reading this book. And then today I want to conclude with a toast, of course, and I want to toast spring break. <laughs> that makes me think of in Friends when they're all talking about spring break and uh, they're saying spring break, woohoo! So I'm not having a spring break, woohoo! I am having a pretty normal spring break, which is involving a lot of work, but on this one week off between my different terms in grad school, I am enjoying having a little bit of a break, a little bit of a breather, time to work on a lot more podcast episodes and to make progress on other things that I have in my life that matter to me and that are in alignment with my future self and the future me that I want to become. So I know that most adults out there do not get spring break, but I would encourage you to see what you can do for a spring break. I'm not wanting you to give up on healthy eating or stop exercise or to let yourself down in any way, but I think it is an interesting idea to examine how you can give yourself a spring break, even if you don't actually have a spring break. And maybe you do, maybe you have a weekend or a vacation coming up and you can kind of conceptualize your spring break that way. But even if you don't, think about how you could manufacture a spring break in your life. And even if you cannot do that, think about what you would use a spring break for. <laughs> maybe you would have a spring break, woohoo, like they talk about in Friends, maybe you wouldn't, but I think that's even a fun thing to examine. And since I do get one this year, I am definitely enjoying it. And with that, thanks for tuning in to the Resolve Podcast. You can follow me on Instagram at Carly Tizano. I would love to connect with you. Don't forget to rate and review. It really helps other people find the show. And subscribe if you haven't already so that you don't miss another great episode next week. For the show notes or additional support in reaching your goals, check out carlytizano.com. Until next time, here's to all that lies ahead. <laughs>